What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend and service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts. Joining you again this week is the trio, me and my wonderful, wonderful co-host. Uh, coming at you first, Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, dude? Wow, that's a great welcome giving us the the wonderful co-host's words. I really appreciate that. And you know why you're wonderful, Mark? It's it's because you've been walking around this whole church building trying to get Wi-Fi for the last 30 minutes. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm not going to not going to bash the the technology too much, but getting good signal is challenging every now and then and and uh, you know, you find a dark quiet room. Get, the, <laughs> yeah. get it working. It's hey, all I know for a fact Roger Locke listens to this podcast. So yes, yes, I saw him at Rose Hill Park one day, and he was very encouraging about how faithful of a listener he is. <laughs> He's the man. So he, we, yeah. I was at a we had youth group outside a couple weeks ago, or this was probably months ago, like pretty early sermon spotlight. Uh, but he drove by with his windows down, just blaring the podcast. Didn't say anything. Just <laughs> just did it. And I was like. So super cool. But Alicia, how are you? I've missed you guys. Ah, uh, thanks. I am well. And I have I have some encouraging news about okay. our listeners. Uh Carmen Dowdy is one of our listeners, and she reached out to me last week with just encouraging words. And uh she said that she loves the flower aspect of the podcast as well. <laughs> I'm sure and she does. <laughs> the one the one there you go. Yes. So her her husband is a master gardener, and this is actually her. So this is her submission. This is our feature flower of the day. Uh, this is an orange double lily that uh, is her husband planted. And um, so anyway, it's really beautiful, and I'm just amazed because the deer haven't eaten it. I have lilies out front and I can never get a picture of them because the deer eat them before they bloom. Interesting. Carmen yes. Daddy's so awesome. She's literally 25 feet that way on the other side of the wall. <laughs> I have to tell you said that. Well, yeah. it's all about giving shout outs to everybody we know and then the then the podcast listener listenership grows where you get a chance to just, hey, invite a friend, listen, and maybe your name will get mentioned. That's And, yeah. and next, next time you see Carmen, you can say, what about the scripture, Carmen? What about that part, huh? <laughs> well, she, she, no, I'm just she, teasing. Did, she, did, she did mention that, too, about the, the content of the conversation. But uh, anyway, so if, any of you listeners, viewers who have submissions that you want to have as a feature flower, send them my way. A feature flower. <laughs> feature flowers. <laughs> we love the feedback. You can go to fbcva.life uh, slash sermon spotlight and submit a question or feedback. That's super awesome. And I love that Alicia's bringing up the sensory, the flowers and all that different stuff because Psalm 133 deals with that uh, to the utmost degree. But before that, Alicia, you're using all these words and, and I hear the phrase master gardener and double lily. Are you making those words up or is that a legit no. thing? They're legit things. Jeez, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> I, botany was not my favorite. I'll just, I'll just be honest. But all right, guys, well, why don't we jump into a Sunday in review? Again, Pastor Don's not here. Uh, he was able to be with you guys last week, which was awesome. Uh, I was away at camp, but it was a blessing and honor to be on the listening side of things uh, and see you guys take over. So I appreciate that. Uh, Psalm 133, Mark, where are you at with it? And what, and what was this weekend like for you? You know, Psalm 133 is so, it's such a simple psalm. 
it's short, it's sweet, but it has so much depth and meaning. And I love how Don, I've heard him unpack this a couple different times. And giving those analogies to me are, are helpful. It, it puts flesh on something that might be just kind of not as tangible. You know, this concept of unity and, and unity in the body, particularly, um, to give just analogies of it's pleasant. It's, it's like oil which isn't relevant to us but how do, how do we make that relevant to us it's like dew of a mountain well that's not relevant to us but how do we make it relevant to us yeah. and that i love how the the within the singing time we are digging into psalms as well and the psalm 147 that was read during the service before he preached had that same word it's pleasant and so this idea of well what is pleasant to god you know, what is, what is pleasing to him? And, and that's just a whole depth of things that made me start thinking, wow, okay, God is, is pleased with certain things. And how can we um, be on the receiving end of that, but also on the giving end of that? And thinking about the words and what they mean and stand for, right? Like we try to hit the nail on the head over and over again, but define these words grammatically, literally before thinking super spiritually. I mean, if I heard that it is like the dew of Herman, you know, out of context or from some street preacher, it sounds like this spiritual like enigma of you're like, oh, I have to go search for my Hermit. Like, no, you don't. Like, it's an actual mountain that doesn't really rain. And so yeah. dew is very important to it. And so yeah. for, for me personally, to hear this sermon, uh, what was cool in a lot of ways, because, hey, I mean, Don's, oh, I love his way of talking. And his, the the layout of this, this outline in the sermon, I mean, when I checked the sermon notes and his point one was verse one, his point two was verse two, and his point three was verse three, I was like, that is awesome. I love it. I love it. You can own this chapter. Um, but I had the opportunity to go to Israel with him. I had the opportunity to go to the Middle East and see some of this stuff. And he, and so as, as Don is saying these stories, um, for me, they're, they're less and less hypothetical, and I, I've experienced and seen what that looks like. So that was cool for me to, to see some of the pictures and illustrations he used and be able to immediately picture what it was like to see it. Um, yeah, totally. But Alicia, what, what, are, what are some thoughts that the Lord kind of put on your heart? Well, the, so the fragrance of Christian unity is um, it's really beautiful to think about. And, but I was thinking, you know, sometimes... I don't feel like I have such a sweet fragrance about me. I mean, we are messy sinners and we have issues. We're, we're pretty jacked up a lot of the time. Um, and so I, I loved how he brought in the John 17 scripture about the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed for us and that he, before he died, he was praying for our unity. And so I went back and I was looking at that prayer and I just, I jotted down some, just a few things to think how much he loves us as his bride. He delights in us. And um, so these are, these are just a few things that I highlighted. He prays for us. We are his and he's glorified in us. He prays for our unity. He keeps us, he guards us, he protects us. He prays for his joy to be fulfilled in us. He's given us his word. He prays for our sanctific sanctification and truth. And so just reading how much, how he intercedes for us 
because we are his bride and he is making us beautiful and he's giving us this fragrance for us fragrance for us to go out and um and then too in the exodus 30 when Dawn was talking about that recipe for the oil, those quality spices that were blended together. <clears throat> that John 17 passage also has these ingredients for us as the church, starting in verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. So there's a, there's a recipe, a congregational ingredients of the Father and Jesus and us that he's melding together to bring him glory. And that for me really helps tie in. To me, the question is, what is unity? You know, and, and it begs the question, of how can we define that? Maybe the world defines it one way, but how can we define it as believers? And to hear that analogy of when the first early church was there in Acts and the world was watching, they're like, you have all kinds of people, different backgrounds, different races, different social, economic, um, financial gain and wealth. And, and all these people are coming together that would have nothing in common from the world's perspective. And, and here, the, the thing that unifies them is Christ. And when Christ is part of our, our lives, then that fragrance is being shown to the world. And they're like, oh, that's what's tying them together. Where that, when that's how Don defined how Christian came about, right? And that, that to me was just a cool little nugget to throw in there to say, okay, how, how can we today in 2020 be that fragrance of what the early church was doing to that exudes. This is what people can point to to say, you are a Christian. And to that point, are we as a society or a church or whatever, uh, falling victim to, okay, taking some biblical principles, but then deciding on our own, this is what unity ought to look like instead of realizing the Bible has dictated that for us. So, so as we, you know, become like Christ and uh, Alicia brought it up, the glory of God being revealed, that, that's our destination. So getting to that point, you know, brings forth that unity. And in fact, Pastor Don said, he said this in his sermon, he said that it's often out there that you will hear, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, let's just love each other. That's something that he said in the sermon and, and that that is our unity. And, and I think that's what the world tells us is, oh, here is our, we're all unified on this love front. But it doesn't work that way. You know, Don goes on to talk about how there will be people and, and principles marginalized, namely God's truth. And so that love-truth balance is just so important when we talk about unity because it doesn't, biblical unity is not people coming together. Biblical unity is people coming together for the glory of God and to become like Christ. And, and that's that second part of that, that, that is, is true biblical unity. So I, I love the way Psalm 133 appeals to the emotional and it, it, it appeals to the sensationalism because it's saying this is actually what it's supposed to be like. That part of you that wants to feel it, that wants to understand the importance of that validation that is in Christ, but this is how we get to it. And it says it, and it's, the Lord has commanded this blessing, life forevermore, right there at the end. And it's all encompassing when you look at what he was sharing last week from James and how it's being put into action. Of, of how you know it's not just words it's not just talk it's it's doing the doing those things being the hands and feet of christ being a light and salt into the world 
And, and actually, that is the displaying of God's glory. So that's what's going to show the unity. So it's a great kind of summary of all that, where you've got to, you've got to have both. You can't just so good. talk. You have right. to actually put in action. Well, and that unity is a sign of God's blessing and the spiritual aspect, the spiritual blessing of being united in holiness. You know, we've, our sins have been forgiven, what Christ has done for us by his work on the cross, and we've been justified uh, and are being, you know, we are, we've been sanctified as well. And then we also have the physical blessings and we are physically dependent on God for our physical provision that we need that dew, we need that moisture for life. And so uh, that Psalm just brings both the physical and the spiritual aspects of our need together in a really beautiful way. Yeah, I've got to ask, I mean, does it really mean that we all agree on everything? You know, because as, you know, God is one God. You know, he's the God of unity. You see it in the, in the scripture right there. So where is the disconnect? <laughs> where, where is where, where, where we, we are all, all have our own individual personalities, you know, like no snowflake is alike, right? So how, where do we reconcile that, that unified um, faith as a believer, but then the differences that we have in each other? Well, it, and it's, it's fascinating to think about that because it, it's so much easier said than done <laughs> for the majority of what's in the Bible. But my relationship with Jesus should be dictating my relationship with everybody else. And that is so often maybe not true or not seen as true in my own life or I struggle with how do I interact with this person, right? You, you, you forget or maybe you make, you know, B and C issues to the gospel, you make them the primary issue now. And so that division that, that comes from differences, right, is now maybe focused on or glorified above and beyond what we said earlier, the pursuit of Christ for the glory of God and understanding that that is it, right? I mean, when I, you know, I, I was just at summer camp all week. And one thing I try to, to tell these kids is like, we look at the Old Testament, the New Testament, we do not have a mystical, enigmatic God. We don't have a God that, that has made, kept himself a mystery. Jesus came. And here's what right. he did. And, and it was cool to, to, Don caught me off guard in the sermon. He made the jump. I, it's something, I, I call it the jump. When no matter what a pastor is talking about, they get to the crucifixion. Because Don's just going through Psalm 133. And then out of nowhere, he just says, Jesus Christ on the night of his crucifixion said this. And I was like, boom, like he just did it. He made the jump. There you so go. To get to that point, to remember, ah, yes, that's right. Like the gospel, what, what Jesus did for us, you know what I mean? It, it, that is the, foundation for the rest of, of understanding kind of what in the world is going on uh, which is cool to think about right he he said that unity is not the opposite of diversity because we have our ethnic differences our interests our talents and all of those things unity is not uniformity <laughs> we, right. we can be united in christ but we don't all have to look the same um, Though we are bearing the image of our of our Lord. Right. And Paul is very clear about saying, why don't we as a church think about our spiritual gifts? Think long and hard about service and what that can look like in the life of different believers. I mean, Dennis gave a talk to our students this past week about, you know, what, what does God burden your heart with? Because it might not be the same thing that he's burdening the heart next to you about. And so we get to, we get to have that because of, again, my, my relationship with Jesus Christ 
is dictating my relationship with everybody else and everything else on this on this planet. And so we get to start to think about that and see what the Lord has instilled in us as far as, you know, these passions or interests or how we can serve. And that's the unity we're we're doing all for the sake of Christ. Um, yeah. And the final the final phrase of Psalm 133 says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So there's that hint of the taste of things that are yet to come that is when we are in that kind of unity and where we're called as people to to be, you know, pleasant to God in a fragrant aroma. It's there's there's a, a blessing involved with it, which we've talked about in these podcasts before, all the spiritual blessings that we now have because of Christ, and includes life, eternal life forevermore. Which is that's that's cool. So there's the gospel right there as well that points us to what you know what there is to come because of the unity that we have in Christ. Well, and that word there is where, what is there? Where is there? Well, there is that place where unity is found. And something that just blows my mind is that how God has, you know, this is his story. This is his story of redemption. And he's written us into this beautiful script. And um, we get to play a role in that story. And Romans 15, um, <clears throat> one through seven touches on this, but let me read you five through seven. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus, Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So therefore, and then the word welcome. So what does that mean? That means ooh, we get we have this great commission. Uh, that we've been given. And that ties into back in the John 17 uh, passage in verse 20, when Jesus is praying, he said, I, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So there are those of us who believe, but there are those who will believe. And God's given us his word so that we go out and we share this word for those who will believe that Jesus is praying for, he's praying for these people who will believe. Um, and so it's, it's really just a unique privilege that we've been given to be a part of his story of redemption. And he's given us his word to speak and to share and proclaim uh, this beautiful gospel. And that sharing and proclaiming, that, that going, that great commission, it suggests that, that as we're down here and we I mean, that, that first verse says, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. What we're called to behold is the realization of unity being good and pleasant. It's not saying either one of us is there. And if we're, it, I think the church can very easily at least come across to the world as we've found it. You need to get to us. Here is right. the good place. You come to us. Whereas all of us being broken to brave sinners in need of, of Jesus, right? We, we are called to go. And that unity is going to be well, what does God call us to do, right? How can we iron this out for our listeners and for our people? God wants us to love him and love others. He sums it all up multiple times. Love me and love other people. And so that we got to figure out how to meet them where they're at and how to realize, you know, we aren't perfect. We can meet them as part of the Great Commission and love on them like Christ did. Because why? Well, my 
personal relationship with Jesus Christ is going to dictate my relationship with everything else going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the conversations I remember having with Don offline was that he was like, you really just sum up this entire church series and just love, you know, yeah. it's, it's the love of Christ and it's his call to then love others. And, and if that's the only thing we can take away, that will bring unity, you know, that will allow us to, you know, it, it's worth than walking in the spirit to allow us to bring that unification to the world because of showing God's love to others. And it's, yeah, it, and Don, Don made the point of that source of unity is God himself. And in that uh, 133.3b, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. This is, you know, he is the source. It's, you know, and he's equipping us to do what he's called us to do. It's really good. I, I've had a few. Uh, there's a, a guy in Keystone, the Young Adults of Fellowship. He actually grew up with him in the church, but he's he's kind of come back into town. And so we've been talking quite a bit about the truth love balance. You know, that's often the phrase thrown around uh, and, and how we engage our maybe non-believing friends or other people. And it's been great to dive into conversation with him about, you know, how do we balance truth and love? Uh, but even that phrasing, it, it's a slippery slope because it makes it feel like they're two separate things. But you look at the Bible. I mean, God is love, God is truth. And, and so we're called to, you know, be loving, but in a way that glorify God's truth. And then also promote truth in a loving way. <laughs> um, and, and so that, that balance, again, the answer is the cross in Jesus, um, but it helps us kind of merge those two things so that they are also in unity and we're not fracturing, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm, I will unconditionally love this person no matter what, what they're doing. Um, and, and ignore maybe an opportunity to speak truth in their life or vice versa, where it's cold hearted truth and you're destroying any opportunity to demonstrate Christ's love, which is the very thing that, again, holds us together, draws us in and pulls even the sermons together. Just remembering what gets in the way of that is the focus on self. That's the stench of death the stench of a, a dead deer on a golf course or whatever it might be, you know, and, and you can always look at things from the positive light, but you can also have teaching moments from the negative light as well. Like, well, what's, what's the opposite of unity and what am I doing to either cause, you know, disunity or bring unification to people around me, my family, <laughs> my kids, my wife, my parents, you know, people I'm working with to get that practical application is if, if there is just discord and disunity amongst things, what is going wrong, you know, and, and it's going to be, it, it's a very simple fix, I think. And it's either focusing on yourself and thinking about what's in it for me or how can I show love show grace to others and care for that. And, and that's the difference of kind of walking in the spirit, I think, as well, of having that mindset of, okay, well, what are, where are my actions? Where are my thoughts in this moment? Am I going to bring unity or am I going to be, be disagreeable? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a fun word. There's a quote out there, and I, I don't remember who it is, but basically what they say is, what the Lord requires of you to come to him is nothing. Go to God with nothing. And so that, that even that picture in, in Luke and Matthew um, about, you know, uh, I think it's Matthew might be Mark, but, you know, take up your cross and follow me. That unity we have by doing that is self-denial. You know, we're not coming with, oh, here's, you know, who I am and what I think ought to happen. But instead, it's no Christ uh, for me to live as Christ now. And, and the better we can embody that and, and realize that that is our truth, that is the picture. It's not dragging people to where we are just going to where Christ is and having the faith that he's doing that in the hearts of everybody else as well. Um, really, really cool picture kind of being painted there. But yeah. 
any other any other thoughts about this past weekend? Uh, I mean, I was at camp and gone like we were inside, right? What's the deal? You, you, as far as where the church is happening, I mean, you, you miss a week and you're completely close. <laughs> it changes every week. <laughs> were, they, were, they, were they inside? Yeah, so we yeah. are trying to really stay consistent with Saturday night is outside. Yes. And really good success with that. Um, even though I remember looking at the my thermostat and it was probably 97 degrees around Oof. 7 o'clock starting, but you're in the shade. It, it, over 180 people still are there on Saturday night, so you get a good crowd if you want to kind of meet and interact with people outside awesome. um, and be a little safer from that standpoint. If you're willing to come inside, again, there's still the great processes in place of ushers and the hosts and greeters and checking in and hand sanitizers and wearing masks. And, and you know, and so we had a good crowd on Sunday morning as well. Upstairs and downstairs, Fellowship 3. Give a shout out to the Fellowship 3 people. So we're going to stay consistent with that. You know, so okay, cool. kind of say what is happening every single week is changing. Well, the goal, unless we get some edict sent down from government saying certain things can't happen, right. you know, we're going to stay consistent with that. The thing to really look out for, though, and put in your calendars now is Labor Day weekend. That okay. specific Sunday, we are going to have another all one church gathering outside, and it's going to be our 40th anniversary. That is the 40th. Okay. So we we're just starting to slip that information out right now. But put that okay. in your calendar, save the date, September sixth, ten o'clock, and um things are in place where we're gonna have a, a great time of celebration and worship together, and then there'll be some food provided afterwards that um just one little one little tidbit is we're looking at food trucks. So no we way. Get some, oh. on wow. um, so cool. Like, yeah, you know, so bring a little bit of cash because you know we're gonna try to get them at a discount, um, or you can bring yeah. your own. But food truck would be a, a cool, cool option. So September sixth, put it out there. Mark, you're gonna be in so much trouble if the food trucks don't pan out. You know that. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be in so much trouble. You're gonna have to make everybody food. Hopefully, hopefully they're available. Hopefully they're available because the you know so many things have been canceled. They're looking for work, so. Get all yeah. of them, man. All the food truck <laughs> Unity, right? Bring them on. Yeah. Unity and diversity of food. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, Caleb, your question what, over the last several months, what are you missing to eat? You know, and what restaurant are you dying to go to? You know, it made me think when Dom was talking about his sermon and fragrances and smells, and he's talking about like, you know, the big Thanksgiving meal or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm instantly thinking of pizza. And the other day I was out downtown, side story, doing stuff at the Discovery Museum with my son. And it's right next to Fifty Fifty Tap House, mm -hmm. and that's that's they're spraying something. They out infuse of they infuse smell I'm, into the wind. I, I smelled it at my house. Unbelievable! I mean, it makes me want to go and just have every burger that they offer because it was unbelievable. So that you know what, but that's a little side note. It made me think. Okay, the sermon is about fragrance, and you know, there you go, man. But odors and aromas, and and how can I be pleasing to God while I'm smelling this amazing burger? So. There you go. So and and I was at summer camp with youth kids, and you wouldn't believe how bad it smelled. I, I <laughs> like I, I know what disunity smells like. It was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that's that's so good. All right, well, Mark, Alicia, thank you guys so much. Uh, good to be back. Just a reminder to our listeners: you can find the HD video form uploaded on YouTube. Normally uh, Tuesday evenings, that'll go up. Um, you can find it on our Fellowship Bible Church channel. Again, you can take audio with you on the go, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Uh, the fact of the matter, 
everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Mm-hmm.